when you're in a one-to-one sales conversation, a big part of what you're doing is asking the right questions and listening. Mm -hmm. So with copywriting, you don't get to do that. From Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Stike along with Luke Gakery. Today, we're going to be talking about copywriting and more importantly, how to generate leads. Money, <laughs> money, money, money. Money from comes copy. from leads from that copy. But first, yes. we would love it if you take a minute and subscribe to Stay Paid on Apple Podcasts. If you're not already subscribed, and leave a review along with a comment to let us know how we're doing. This week's featured review comes from One Simple Mind via Apple Podcasts. They say their subject is real estate agent. So I think we know. Okay, we know what they do. They, what they do. Yeah. Five stars. Really enjoy listening to Josh and Luke. The content is always great. And they're both personable and funny. Great job. Well, you're the funny one. I, Am I? I'm the, I'm the personable Am one. Am I the funny one? I would say you're definitely the personable one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, the dad jokes. The dad jokes. Yeah, I'm like telling I, you, it's not I, like I make those up. I'm trying to drink a gallon of water a day. Yeah. Do you know how hard it is to actually drink a gallon of water a day? Like, it shouldn't be as hard as it Does is. Does it count if it's in coffee form? Like, I don't know. If, I mean, uh, technically, it's, I mean, obviously, there's water in it, but no. I'm trying to do like the pure water, like you drink, well, pure water, like the water from Tahiti. <laughs> no, but I'm trying to do the gallon of water a day because, you know, supposedly so many health benefits. It's crazy. I'm carrying around this jug. You've seen me carrying it around in the office. It's just nuts. I don't, that has nothing to do with copy, but I just want to, the audience to know what it's I'm going through It's the personable right now. side. Yeah. It's the personable side. Now, our guest today, we're going to bring him on. His name is Jacob McMillan. He's a freelance writer turned entrepreneur who uses writing to build uh, businesses and helps other writers do the same. Search copywriter in Google right now. Pull up your phone, search copywriter in Google. Jacob's site will be the first result there, which is wow. super impressive. We're going to find out impressive. how he did that. Through Jacob's online courses and content, you'll learn the essentials of copywriting, which everyone can use in their business, on how to find more clients and how to build a recurring stream of inbound leads for your business. Jacob, welcome to Stay Paid. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, man. Excited to have you on the show. Copy is so important, so hard to do. We know this because we have hired writers, like professional writers, to try to write copy for us over the years. We've been at this for a long time now. And it's a different skill set than just writing. I mean, you're the expert, so you're going to, you know, kind of, you know, open up for us and kind of crack this code. But it's crazy. Like, we'll hire professional writers, but they don't write copy well. But then you'll find a marketer who can write copy really well and get people to respond. But before we dive into this topic, right, can you share just, you know, who is Jacob? Tell us a little bit about your story, your journey. How did you get to number one on Google and copywriting? Yeah, totally. So I definitely never planned to be in, you know, to be a professional writer. Writing was the thing that, you know, you kind of had to do for English class in school. Um, I, uh, I was actually an accounting major. And the only thing I knew when I finished my bachelor's degree is that I did not want to be an accountant. Mm. Um, but uh, over the course of, of college, I had actually done door-to-door sales to pay my way through school. And I kind of like... The selling process was really intriguing to me. I didn't really... There were certain parts about it I didn't like that I didn't necessarily envision sales as my future. But there were, you know, it, it clicked for me the process of, you know, sitting down with someone and taking them through the sales process. I really enjoyed that. And so when I, I sort of started to um, get into the online 
business online marketing world out of college um, and pretty quickly came across copywriting, which is sort of like asynchronous sales. You know, it's like you're you're doing the sales process, but instead of it being that one-to-one conversation, it's sort of like you have to anticipate how someone's going to engage with your message. Hmm. Um, and I just found that super intriguing, was really interesting. And I kind of, within that context, started to realize that I actually did enjoy writing. I just didn't like the writing I'd done in school. And then kind of, you know, did, diving into that world, I started realizing, wow, like, you can make a whole lot of money doing this. Uh, and so, you know, when you have something you're sort of good at, you kind of enjoy and you see it can make a whole lot of money. It's like, ding, 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 you know, this is, this is the career. And, you know, here I am eight, nine years later and been doing it for the whole time. Um, at first, it was just freelance, you know, it was, it was really hard to say no when people wanted to flash me a few grand to, you know, write some words for them and did that for several years. And then it sort of started clicking like, wait a second. If like I can write something for them that's making them so much money, they can pay me like five, 10 grand to do it for them. I bet I could make more money writing for myself and my own products and my own things. So then I started using, you know, writing to build some businesses of my own. And I'm still sort of in the early stages of that journey, kind of I'm, I'm making more than I made freelancing from that now. But, you know, the, the ceiling on that is so much higher than, you know, just selling your own time for money. So it's been a fun journey. And you know, built a little bit of an audience along the way, showing them what I'm doing. I'm very much in the, you know, experiment by doing and then talk about what you're doing and let other people learn from it. It's how I learned so much of what I know is watching other people do that sort of the, the build in public type idea. So I've, I've definitely been on that train since the beginning. And so break, uh, break down, break down for everybody. (laughs) Like what is, what is copywriting? What makes that a unique form of writing and how could, a non-writer like yourself, maybe the people that are listening, obviously we have a lot of real estate agents listening, financial advisors. These are people that kind of run their own business, right? So they're having to wear a lot of hats in a lot of scenarios. They might be writing their own copy for their emails. So explain the difference between copy versus content. How can someone sort of start to approach the process? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, most everyone, you know, watching this, you kind of already understand sales. Sales is kind of what you do on a day-to-day basis. And and one of the biggest reasons people struggle with copy is they think it needs to be different once they start writing. They think they need to go into this whole other process. Hmm. Um, but copy is just it's just sales through writing. That's all it is. Copywriting is just it's the sales process. You're putting it into writing. And so really, to, to do great copywriting, all you need to do is envision the person you'd be having the conversation with and then think through like, hey, if I were to, if I were to sit down and talk with this person, you know, what would, the, what would be the message that I take them through from beginning to end all the way to the close where I'm looking to get them, you know, to take an action? You're doing the exact same thing via copywriting. The, the only difference is when you're in a one-to-one sales conversation, a big part of what you're doing is asking the right questions and listening. Mm-hmm. So with copywriting, you don't get to do that. So what you have to do instead is you have to be you have to have already asked the right questions. You know? So if you're writing copy to an audience you understand well, this is great because you've already had the one-to-one conversations. You know, you've already been through this with them. You know what they're thinking about. You know the challenges they're looking to solve. You know the benefits they're looking to obtain. So it's just about kind of anticipating that. And then you're predicting, you know, you're anticipating what they would say in that one-to-one conversation, but still walking them through the exact same thing. So I, I'm curious because I think the the hardest part from a from a writing standpoint for for copy is understanding like should you like here's I guess I'll explain it through my problem when I sit down to write copy is like 
I almost want to like overwrite. And there's just balance between like simple and like, you know, long form text. And you think of like emails, like I'd love to get your take right now of people who are trying to prospect on LinkedIn through messages, right? Or trying to prospect through email right now. Like, what's your view on long form and just writing out that whole conversation? Because we have some emails right now from our company coming from me as if I'm speaking to the real estate agent or financial advisor I'm prospecting. And it's a pretty long conversation. And those emails are doing pretty well for us. But then I go to my sales floor and it's like any emails that are written out by them that are any bit more than a paragraph long or sentence sentence long get nothing, right? It has to be super short. Like what's your take on that from the length standpoint? Yeah. so, So it's all about context, you know? Just like, just like if you're meeting with someone, say you're a, you know, a, a realtor and you're meeting with a client, the, the conversation you're going to walk them through when they've said, hey, I'm ready to sell my house might be a lot different and a lot more in- intensive than the conversation you have when they're just like, hey, like I'm, 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 I'm looking at the market. Like, what do you think about this? You know, they ask you maybe a specific question. If you give them a whole spiel then... They're 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 gone. You know, you kind of want to like you, you have a specific thing you're looking, a specific nugget you're looking to impart. It's kind of like that when when we talk about an online sales funnel, which is where copywriting comes into play. Every step of that process of that customer journey is going to look a little different. So the biggest the biggest piece to copywriting is understanding where is you know where's the reader at at this point in the journey. What information are they looking for? And how can I communicate that really clearly, either as succinctly as I need to, or you know, taking as much time as I need to to dig into you know, various aspects? So it's very contextual. You know, every, every different point in that journey is going to have a completely different need in terms of what you want to communicate. Is the problem that people try to speak to everybody instead of really... like You see this in business. The more you niche down, the better results a lot of times you have. The more I focus, should I, as a writer, as I'm writing, my, like really hone in and focus on speaking to one person in one situation and write it totally for that? Because I think the struggle is, right, you, you always want to share all your features and all the benefits. Because I think of our product, the magazine, it can help with an open house. It can help at a seminar. It can be a touch point for your clients. You can give it to a prospect. Like, or do you find that one message like honed in or is it just one person? Is it more about the person than the actual message? Not sure if that makes sense. The way I see it, because you can, you know, I've seen people who go really hyper niche. They really look to target and on a specific segment and they, they kind of start with the right segment and grow off of that. And it works really well. And then there's other people, sometimes niche gets and segmentation gets a little overhyped. You look at people who are killing it and a lot of times they have huge audiences and they're talking to the whole audience the exact same way. Mm. Um, what I think is even more important than either of those is more understanding what's the most urgent need. And instead of trying to, instead of trying to give them the full thing, because you know, as a business owner, you're very aware of all the different things you've done in your business to provide value to your clients. You're very conscious of every little thing, every little decision, every feature benefit. But a lot of times when you're communicating with your, you know, your audience, they don't care about all those things right now. You know, they have like one thing that they're focused on, or they have one kind of one benefit or piece of value that they're really looking for in the moment. And so understanding sort of what that early driver is that's going to attract them to your brand 
and move them forward at that point in the customer journey is key. For example, you know, as a freelance writer, I do quite a few different types of writing. Long-form blog content is a big part of what I do. And then I also do like landing pages and things like that. I found though early in my career that people understood the need for really good website copy a lot more than they understood the need for like good blog posts. Hmm. So I knew that like, hey, when someone shows up to my website and reaches out to me, like that's kind of usually the most urgent need. So if I focus my messaging and branding around that specific need, then a lot of times I'll be able to move people to a, another point in the conversation where we talk about content marketing and blog writing. But it's just it's not the it's not the usually the most urgent, most understood need that my audience at large had. So by focusing on that more urgent piece and and not trying to do it all at once, not trying to focus on every little bit of value that I brought to the table. Then it allows you to just really position yourself as, hey, I'm here to solve your challenge, not educate you about who I am or my expertise. And that's really that's really what you know customers and clients want is they have their own specific problem that they want to solve. And if you can be the person who comes in and focuses purely on solving that for them, then oftentimes they'll be open to the you know the next step. Yeah, I think we had someone on here on on the podcast said if you're able to explain your customers' pain points. Better yeah. than they can themselves, then they'll automatically trust you. It's kind of the awareness phase, right? You have to understand, like what, like your audience, what, what, what phase or stage of the awareness funnel are they in? Are they are they problem aware, meaning they know they have a problem, they might need to live somewhere? Right. Are uh, are they solution aware, meaning they kind of know what solution they want? And then ultimately, it's product aware. I think is the final phase where it's like they now know you, your company, your product, what you provide. Yep. And those would be the different types of segmentation you might want to think about. A lot of that would be maybe your autoresponders when people are filling out uh, lead forms on your website, where a lot of that awareness would come into play. I'm curious, though, when it comes to email marketing, we get this question a lot from our clients. I would love to hear what are some of your tips or, or pointers for subject lines? Right to get people to do that first thing, which is you got to get them to open the email before they can even read your copy. Yeah, I think I think it has a little bit to do with the nature of the relationship. Mm. Um, so, like the more personalized the overall you know email relationship is, the more you can get away with in terms of like curiosity hooks and things like that. Like my my email list for my you know my writing training is is very engaged, very personalized. So I can like I can like even do you know, objective clickbait once in a while and get away with it just because you know, if, I, if I lean into the joke, basically, or, you know, a lot of audiences, that's just not going to fly because it's a little bit more straightforward or it's more, uh, you know, it's a little more transactional or things like that. So kind of just comes down to understanding that. But I think looking to the two things you want to, you know, keep in mind is that the biggest, the biggest impact on your open rate is the name next to the email, you know, mm-hmm. You want people to associate, you know, your email with great value, and if you do that, and you know, if the if the email subject line is at least connected to the value you're offering, and you're not, you know, you're not abusing the reader, then you know, you can you can go for opens. You can kind of play around with, you know, doing things that are funny or doing things that kind of like just show up, you know, the emojis that highlight you in their in their inbox. It's just kind of like I, I think the. You know the nature of the subject lines themselves is is not super important as long as uh, as long as the, the email has good value and it's connected to the subject line. No, I think you're so spot on. We had um, Jill Fanslaw on the podcast, and she she used the acronym ROT. I'm not sure if you've heard of that, but it's like your your messages, your emails can't be redundant, 
obsolete, mm-hmm. right? Meaning no longer relevant or I just the had tea. the T in yes. my mind. <laughs> Trash. Tri- trivial. Trivial. Trash also works. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's the value. It's the value. So what process do you go through when building like an email newsletter or nurture sort of stream to keep your emails full of value? Of value? Yeah. I mean, what, like what kind of process are you going through each week or day or how often do you even send your emails out? I'm curious to your list. Yeah. So I send, I usually send two emails a week, okay. um, but they're always connected to new content. I my email list is mostly like the distribution arm for my content marketing. Mm. So basically, you know, I have like a, a 10 minute video slash podcast that goes out every Monday. Nice. So I email with just kind of like an intro to that. And then uh, on Wednesday, I'll put out like a long form training piece. And so I'll send out an email for that. And then, you know, if I'm emailing outside of that, it's to, you know, announce some sort of special thing going on or run a sale or something like that. So, you know, it's kind of just like, you know, for me, it's the, the, the strategy is kind of just more my content strategy. It's, you know, knowing, yeah. knowing the right blog content and that. But you know, whether you're doing the longer form or you're just condensing it all to the email, I mean, it's just about knowing, hey, what does my audience care about? What are they struggling with? You know, what are they asking about? I mean, at the end of the day, like there's certain topics that I really want to talk more about, but it's not what people are really looking for and asking about. So I kind of have to, you know, you kind of have to balance that. Like, hey, what do I think is really important? What do I think people really need to hear versus like, what are they, what are they asking about? What do they want to hear about? And just sort of doing a mix of those. And, and that kind of like that way you're, you're giving them what they're looking for, but also you're finding ways to introduce what, you know, Key, key moments that are going to establish your thought leadership and make them feel like they're getting something from you that they aren't getting from, you know, maybe the 10 other people who talk about similar topics on, on that. Do you want a larger presence on social media? Of course you do, because that's where your audience is. Check out Reminder Media's newest product, Branded Posts, specially designed to increase your presence on social media without increasing your effort. Choose from thousands of already written blog posts on topics your clients care about, like real estate, travel, and recipes. And the best part is, these are branded with your photo and contact information and ready to be shared. Plus, every two weeks, we'll send to your list of contacts a personally branded email newsletter filled with recipes, stories, and ideas that they will love to get. Visit ReminderMedia.com posts to see our newest digital product and start dominating your social media. That's ReminderMedia.com posts. Take action on this today. I want to talk about SEO and kind of, you know, that's something that you're, you've definitely done a great job with. I want to hear how you got, how you're maintaining that number one spot in searches for copywriter and then maybe talk about how can a local professional capture local audience through search? Yeah. So, so my secret weapon, I'll give you like, I'll just, we'll just lead with the, the secret, the big, <laughs> the big, uh, the big moment. That's that what people listen SEO for. Probably, you know, <laughs> would probably argue with me about, but I don't care. Time, time on page, like read time of your articles. You look at like, if you look at a lot of my top, you know, pieces of content that are ranking, they're getting like six and a half, seven minute read times. Wow. Average. And that's like, you know, ever since I started focusing on SEO and content marketing, you know, like I had a, a small conversion rate optimization agency and we were beating, you know, CXL, which is the biggest agency in the game. We were beating, what was it? Uh, VWO and Optimizely, which are like, you know, seven, eight figure 
A-B testing software. And we were beating them for their top terms because our, our content was more in-depth and it was like, it was actually enjoyable to read. That's, that's kind of the trick. You see people all the time throwing up these mega guides, but how often is it, have you actually like clicked on a mega guide that you wanted to stick around and read? You yeah. know? So that's kind of the big thing for me is SEO targeting, on-page SEO, all that stuff's pretty simple. You know, it's, it's mostly a checklist. Going past that, I think, I think that the thing that allowed me to get that ranking was just creating... As someone who was my target audience, had been my target audience for years and had had, you know, has had like 4,000 conversations with people in that target audience over the last two years, I just made a guide that I felt was, you know, perfectly suited for people in that position, genuinely gave them everything they were looking for. And then the other thing too, over the years, I feel like Google's adjusted their algorithm to focus more on um, kind of niche specialization. So what I mean by that is it used to be that like companies that just had the most content got got the big rankings. But now I feel it's almost like, you know, if you're if your website is focusing on too many, you know, adjacent niche niches, you almost like lose your power to rank for the top step in a specific niche. So for me, you know, my website is is has been solely focused around copywriting topics and that's allowed me to rank for, you know, rank in the top three results for almost every copywriting related key phrase. And so, you know, keeping, keeping focused on, on that niche, I think is, is really powerful right now. Um, and, you know, things adjust year to year, but it, it seems like that's the direction things have been going. So it's kind of those two things. It's, it's specialization focus, and then also, you know, getting those long read times on your articles. Do you find with the read times on the articles, is there a framework that you use? Uh, like, you know, are you doing a clickbait headline? Are you doing listicles? Like, is there a framework you use to write your blogs? Because a little bit of what I'm hearing is you got to produce really good written content. But if I'm not a writer, like, how do I do that? Like, what's a framework? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I can do that in. Yeah. In terms of practicals, like uh, making, making, Making a good promise, like for me, that's how I do it. I make I make my promise in the headline, okay, um, and I try to like balance it between like you know giving the the giving the best possible result you could get from that, even if it's maybe not the average result. So giving a really strong promise in the article headline, and then structure. Honestly, structure is so big. It, when we talk about long form, especially, you want to treat it like a lesson plan. You know, like if, if you were to have a bunch of people in a room and try to walk them through this concept, you know, this, this, you know, thing that you want to teach them, how would you do it? You know, you have to start with context and you have to build each piece needs to build on the piece before it. You know, like a lot of people don't approach blog content like that. They sit down and they write whatever comes to them. Maybe they rearrange it a little, but there's not a whole lot of, you know, intentionality, even people who are doing a lot of long form in the space who are even succeeding at it. What I see is a lot of times people just, they just try to throw everything they can think of on a page. Hmm. You know, it's just, it's very horizontal content. It's just like, oh, you know, here's something else I could say on that. Splotch it on the page. You know, you get to the end, you see these little like hangoff sections of like 10 extra tips on this topic you just spent 3,000 words talking yeah. about. Like, that's not genuinely useful content. You know, when, when you're talking about something that someone should genuinely devote enough time to read 4,000 words, like, you know, you really want it to be intentional. You really want it to be uh, a, a process. You want to move them from A to Z in their thinking. And so structuring it that way, and then also sort of, you know, piecing it together where, 
you know, you, you flow from each section to the next, which with a new promise, you know, so you kind of set the table with, with context and then you're like, here's why that matters to lead them into the next one. Here's a story of how that worked, you know, for example, you know, just things that like make it more tangible and that motive, motivate people to move from section to section down, you know, down through the piece of content. That's great. What are some quick basic tips? I mean, I know a lot of this stuff is is uh, obvious to you because you know it so well, but for someone who doesn't understand SEO, but they want to start a blog and they want to start ranking some articles, what are some quick basic tips that you would throw right off the bat to help them direct their copy towards being search engine friendly and and findable, searchable, I guess, <laughs> in their area? Yeah. So, I mean, I would say just focus for every post you do, focus on, on one search term, hmm. you know? Um, do so you recommend like, short do, terms or like the long tail with like you know, longer search? Cert, like what's your sort of philosophy? Because I know people sort of fall into different strategies there. Yeah. So this is where I'm at. I've been a little bit traditionally at odds with most of the SEO community because it's for a like while that. now there's been a focus <laughs> on long tail. Yeah. Um, but some of the some of the data that's been coming out and it's what I've been observing for years now is that most of the traffic doesn't go to the long tail. It gets caught up in the, the shorter terms, mm-hmm. you know? And so uh, so that's kind of one of those things to me, to me, like anywhere between two to four words, I okay. think is is pretty good. Like the the stronger your blog is, maybe you go up to two, three. Whereas if you're starting out, maybe you're more like three, four. And then just, you know, take the high level topic. If you don't have any SEO tools, take the high level topic, Google it and look at this, the phrases that Google suggests. You know, they'll suggest like people also search for and then click on one of those and see what it adds there. Just throw those into a spreadsheet. Um, you know, you can, uh, you could use something like Quora to look up questions people are asking around whatever the, you know, the topic or niche you're, you're in is. Um, and just, you know, put together a, a spreadsheet of ideas for, you know, that people are searching for. And for every one of them that doesn't have an obvious match in terms of intent, like some of them will be, hey, if you're searching for this, you're searching for this as well. It's just whatever phraseology comes to mind. Mm-hmm. But for everything else, if it's a different intent, you know, just do a new post for each one. And if it's, you know, if you're kind of doing this on the side, you don't have a lot of time, you don't need to start by doing 4,000 words a post, you know, maybe do, maybe do a thousand words per post. And then if you see that, like, you know, some of your articles are starting to peak up on the second or third page, then you can hop in and add another two to 3,000 words and see if you can bump it up to the front page. Hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot of people, like, I know people who have been blogging for four or five years and they get no search traffic because they don't, they don't target search terms, you know, <laughs> like they just like, they just think of a topic and write the blog and like, that's great. It may work for their content marketing, but if you're specifically going after SEO, you have, you have to target search phrases. Like you, you kind of don't luck into random search traffic anymore. These days, yeah, it has to be intentional. Yeah. yeah. No, that's awesome. All right, man. So got to ask you, cause we ask every successful person who comes on the show, you know, as you look at your life and what's driven success for you, what are the routines that you have implemented in your life to get you where you're at today? Yeah, um, I don't really consider myself a example of productivity, uh, but <laughs> I will say that probably the the biggest framework that I've done um, is that I am willing to spend time experimenting with new things, not just asking, "Does this work?" Feel like a lot of people will ask someone they know, hey, would this work? And then they stop there. Like, try it. Like, I try stuff. You know, like that's that's been a big thing for me is I'm willing to actually take the time to go try stuff 
But then two, and probably even more important is if something works, I keep doing it, Mm. you know, uh, like even if it's not my favorite method or the sexiest approach, like, you know, if it works, I keep doing it. And so I'm always, I'm kind of, you know, in, in seasons where I'm feeling very productive, I'll do the thing that works, the big pillar piece that's really moving me forward. And I'll experiment when things are kind of not going great and I'm not feeling very productive. I'll scratch all the experimentation and just keep focused on, you know, the big wheel Hmm. that keeps moving me forward. And I think uh, Noah Kagan once mentioned something of like app sumo, they always like 75% of the budget goes to continuing the thing that's worked. And 25% of the budget goes to trying a new strategy. And then they'll try something for one to two months. And if it doesn't work, they scrap it and try something else. And that's, that's kind of a, a, a pretty good, framework for how I've approached my own career is just, you know, if you can just stay focused on, on the one thing that's working for you, you know, you can, you can kind of make, you can kind of be inefficient and suboptimal in a lot of other ways and still get more progress than, you know, someone who hasn't found that flywheel to move forward. I think so many people miss that point too. And we were just doing a webinar the other day where it's like one of them, when you're setting your marketing budget, you know, where do you set, where do you spend your marketing money? where the revenue came from. (laughs) Go back, look at what worked in the past, lead your strategies from the revenue that's being brought in. So thank you so much, Jacob, for coming on the show here. Before we close out, let people know how they can find you other than Googling copywriter on Google. (laughs) Let people know how they can find you and can they hire your services? Can they use your services or is it more of a course and training sort of program? How does that work? Yeah, so I I still work with, you know, clients. Uh, It's a lot more selected these days, um, but I still work with clients who, you know, if, if you're looking to really, really invest in content marketing and you're you know looking for someone who can help you put, put together that core SEO and content strategy, I absolutely you know help out with that in varying degrees. Um, and then for people who are just looking to you know learn copywriting or looking to build a copywriting business to you know build some cash flow on the side or whatever, or just learn it for their own businesses, I have tons of training on my website, jacobmcmillan.com, and uh, you know. Over 176,000 words of free content at this point. Uh, so uh, lots of stuff there. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, come on by. I'm happy to, happy to meet you. That's yeah, awesome. Definitely check that out. JacobMillan.com. We're going to include a link to that site on the show notes for this podcast as well. You can get that over at staypaidpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you again, Jacob, for being here. Uh, if you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can connect with us. We are on Instagram at yes, staypaidpodcast. And you can connect with Luke, get hold of him on Instagram at Luke Acree. Yes. So make sure you check that out. Thank you so much for listening again for this episode of Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Stike. Did you mention how you can help the show? Or? No, because I did the... I'm, I was like, wait, you didn't say how you can help the show. I'm trying to change Look, it up. There's two ways, Josh, you can help. I started out. doing the reviews plus subscribe at the beginning of the show. So oh, I felt like I gotcha. was doing too much. You felt like it was reiteration. Pitching. Nah, nah. We got we to gotta encourage people. There's two ways okay, you can help ahead. the show. Luke, take it away. One is... You can go and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> he's he's sucking. You at can this. you can write a five star review. Please write a five star review. Please write a. Five yeah, star. I mean, if you write a one star review, we'll take it. We got one one star yeah, review. Yeah. They didn't even leave a comment. Yeah, seriously, it was bad copywriting. <laughs> it was very bad copywriting. But you can write a five star review, or you can tell a friend, which is the better version, uh, because we do this podcast because we want to add value to you and to your friends and to everybody who's in your sphere. So share it. Uh, with your friends. So please do that. For this episode, this is Josh Stike to my right over here. Right here. I'm Luke Acree. Here's your action item for the episode because I was thinking through this, right? Because all of us have to 
really get good at this idea of copy. Uh, because copy is ultimately what's going to get people to engage, right? And when you get people to engage, you can get them to take action on the message that you're delivering. And that's what's going to result in them actually being a lead for your business and hopefully uh, you know, a, a transaction for your business to get you a commission check. I love the idea of putting your promise in your headline. Mm. So I, I want you to try that this week. So look at your emails that you're sending, look at the blogs that you're putting out there, right? And put your promise in your headline and see, and then obviously you got to fulfill that promise, right? In your actual copy, but put your promise in your headline, take action on that. Remember the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer is top producers take action, take action on that today. 